So it can be interesting to just notice um, where we are right now. If it helps to close the eyes, you can have them open, but just to feel. There might be, um, when we do that, when we check in and feel, we might actually still feel the vibrations of the vehicles that we were in or just the sense of movement in the body and also um, in the being from everything that we've been doing over the last few days. You know, some of us, a lot of traveling, a lot. (laughs) Some of us less traveling, but still a lot of doing. And so just feeling what is, what is there, what's, what's actually present in your experience right now and seeing if we can make space for it, if we can allow it, if we can meet it as it is. We might also be meeting um, different levels or different qualities of, of contraction or intention in the being from more subtle to to more intense. And so if we're meeting that as well, whether it's in the mind or in the body, to see if we can also just, just meet that, just know that, and see if through that meeting, through that knowing, we can also bring even a small degree of relaxation, either relaxation of the contraction or a relaxation with the contraction. Yeah, I'll repeat that because that's an important differentiation. Either relaxation of the contraction or relaxation with the contraction. So I'm really, um, I'm hoping not to, not to talk for too long. Um, but somehow it also felt like it could be worthwhile just to come together and just kind of touch a little bit on some of the teachings that are here as a, as a support for us. And in many ways, just what we did now is, you know, is the yatra. Just the feeling into what is present, meeting the experience, feeling what is here. Seeing if we can really make space for it and allow it. And if there's any level of contraction, which most of the time there is, to see if we can just meet that with gentleness, with interest, and bring any degree of relaxation that we can to that. The American teacher, um, Joseph Goldstein, has this beautiful, beautiful way of speaking about this. He says, it's a practice of relaxing the heart. When we meet any kind of contraction, any kind of aversion, any kind of dis-ease, unease, if we can just notice what is present, acknowledge it, recognize it, feel it, and then see how, how can I relax the heart with that right now, whatever that is, you know, whatever that is. 
So we've been planning, you know, some of us for many, many months. I was looking through the forms. I saw, you know, some people registered so long ago, <laughs> maybe even last summer. So we've been planning for a long time to, to, to come here, or a short time for some of us, but we've, for some time we've been planning to, to, to come here. And, you know, that, all that time, all that planning, even if we've been on a yatra before, the yatra is an idea. Yeah? It's an idea. And now we're here, and this is some kind of actual experience. <laughs> That's not an idea. It's an experience, and it can be interesting to also just reflect a little bit on that and notice a little bit what that is for us. Of course, there's still ideas, yeah? There's still a lot of ideas. And for many of us, we know we're here. Maybe, you know, we know, okay, that, okay, this is the first campsite, the Yatra has started. We know that. But do we actually, you know, is it, is it a felt experience yet? Probably not for <laughs> most of us, you know. And, and can we be okay with that? Can we be okay with that? Just in the way that, you know, it took time to, to plan, to have that intention to come and to do what needed to be done in order to arrive on the Yatra. And all of that was part of the arriving. So also now, being here, can we continue to let ourselves arrive? Continue to let ourselves arrive and to hold lightly, you know, this moment's manifestation of our experience. So we've been using this word yatra a lot. And I think we actually haven't spoken much about what it is <laughs> beyond the external kind of form. So yatra is usually translated as pilgrimage. And Nathan is spoken about it a few times as that kind of sense of um, walking to nowhere in particular. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pilgrimage of the inner life. And we're using the being in nature, we're using the walking, we're using this nomadic, simple, <laughs> renunciate lifestyle despite giant biscuits <laughs> to really kind of, really bring that sense of pilgrimage, really bring that sense of inner exploration to the fore. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful form that also... Um, you know, human beings have been engaging in since pretty much there were human beings, you know, of just going walkabout or whatever kind of terminology we have for that, of going out, going out. going out into, into this nature, going out into this um, unknown that we've been speaking of. Yeah. Kind of acute when you didn't even realize that you had a you know, six or seven hour jeep journey, however you are counting it, to start off.
Yeah, so going into the unknown. But all of that, all of that is part of the Atra. All of that is part of our inner exploration. All of that is part of our pilgrimage. And we keep saying we're going nowhere in particular. But inwardly, we actually are also <laughs> going both nowhere in particular, like there's no um, agenda or goal that we need to reach. And at the same time, we are really going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we're really going somewhere. We're going into ourselves. We're going into what it means to be a human being. We're going into what it means um, to live life well whatever that means to each of us. You know, we can, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Kind of holding, holding all of that, holding all of that with however we are right now, not, not forgetting, but holding that movement. So that exploration of where I am internally what is going on for me internally in my experience, that exploration matters in this pilgrimage to nowhere in particular. Yeah, that matters. And in many ways, the environment, the external environment also matters. Yeah. It, it could be more challenging to do a pilgrimage in a built-up urban area, for example. In many ways. <laughs> Might not be so easy to find campsites, for example, but also in other ways. So just that, yeah, that inner outer. When we had that delightful um, unscheduled gap before lunch today and just wandered off and sat by the river. Um, I was really feeling that. I was feeling how the external, how much that matters, how different it is to be sitting in a, in a slanoming vehicle and sitting quietly alone in nature by water. So we're so permeable as human beings. We're so permeable. You know, life affects us. The surroundings that we're in, they affect us. They matter. To some degree. Not absolute. Nothing that I say, that I'm going to say, probably ever, is going to be an absolute. So. So when I was sitting by the, by the river, I was um, really, really aware of my surroundings, really aware of my surroundings. Um, I could feel the changes in temperature, you know, when the sun was being um, hidden by clouds and then coming out again. You know, it was very, very uh, strong changes in temperature. There was the sound and the moisture of the water there. I was sitting on a rock, there was that real sense of the, of the solidity of the rock beneath me. 
and also very much the sense of the, of the vibrancy, the aliveness of the air around. And it reminded me of, um, well, it was a very strong reminder of um, the, the understanding in, in, the, in the Buddha's time of, of what the material world is made of, the elements that it's made of, um, which are the earth element, so the solid, firm, whatever has form, the fire element, which is the energy and the temperature, so both the coolness and the heat, the air element, which is that which um, has movement, yeah, everything that has movement in it, and the water element, which is both fluidity, but also cohesion, which I'll, I'll, I'll explain what that means in a moment but I just want to stop with that for a moment because I think it's so beautiful the water element has both fluidity it's everything in the physical world including in our own body and everywhere around us that has fluidity that has liquidity you know so in our body it's you know 70 (laughs) percent blood saliva tears sweat all those things but also it has the quality of cohesion. It sticks things together. I, I, yeah, I love that. So you'll have to bear with me. And the easiest example to give of that is, you know, when if we took some soil and we put water in it, the soil would become sticky. Yeah, or dough. You know, when we make, when we bake anything, it's the water together with the earth that makes that cohesion, that brings things together. So, I personally love this, um, I love this way of looking at the world through the elements. And I think being in nature, this is really powerful for us. And so it's something we can come back to as we spend, you know, time outdoors to really kind of connect to that, to that sense of that this body here is made up of the same stuff that this is. And we actually know that, you know, nowadays also, not just from Buddhist teachings. Yeah, we have scientific I'd like to say a little bit more, particularly about the water element. I don't know why, maybe probably because I was sitting by the river and it was such a a beautiful and, um, yeah, such a beautiful time. Um, And the second reason is that each of these elements is also associated with qualities of, um, qualities of the heart, we would call them. And, And water is associated with compassion. Water is associated with compassion. So in the Buddhist way of looking at the world, this fluid and yet cohesive, that which brings together, 
is associated with, with compassion. And I think water is also a really um, powerful image that we all use um, to understand our experience. Yeah, we use wa- water imagery a lot to describe our experience. You know, I'm drowning. Yeah, things are flowing well. Yeah, it's all water imagery that we use. So there's a real, it has a real felt sense for us. And so this, both holding this quality of compassion, this idea of water as compassion is a real, um, you know, if we can say just like the body is made up of 70% water, what would it be like if my inner life or my attitudes or the way I look at the world, what what would it be like if that was made up of 70% compassion? You know, what would it, what it would, what would it be like? And so having that as one reflection and then also um, that imagery of, of using water as a way of seeing, of having an image from my experience right now can also be really useful. So it can be something that if you like, you can pick up over the days here. Again, some imagery. Oh, right now there's really big waves Right now there's really big waves internally. Or right now the waters are very calm. And just seeing how that, how does that kind of help us connect, meet the experience and relax. Going back to what I said in the beginning. Relax into the experience. Relax into or with the experience. Kind of how can that help us hold any intensity, or it doesn't even have to be intense, any kind of even very mild contract, contraction or reactivity? How can we hold, how can this help us hold that in balance or with some equanimity? So when we look at our experience as human beings, and you know, you're all here because you're already doing this. And equally, you probably all had experiences of this today. When we look at our experience as human beings, we look what happens in us, um, we notice a few things. One is that um, all experience has got a certain tone to it, you know, pleasant, unpleasant, neither one or the other. That's one thing we can notice as human beings. And the other thing we can notice is that our involvement with that or our reactivity to that usually intensifies. Usually intensifies whatever that kind of mild, you know, calm waters. I use that imagery, calm waters. I want more. (laughs) Or I don't want it to go away. There's a relationship. And it's that relationship that leads usually to unhappiness or dukkha in the Buddhist language. So 
So some degree of contraction around whatever arises. There's experience and then there's some degree of contraction around it. And that can be really interesting, especially if we can use some imagery or some way of being with it that keeps it fairly neutral, less intense, less personal is maybe the the most um, precise way of saying it. Keeps it less personal. And so one invitation over the days is to see if we can just meet what is here as it is without adding, without adding reactivity, without adding the pushing away or the pulling towards into it. And it's a big ask. It's not something that anyone is going to be able to maintain for, you know, even a day probably not even an hour, probably not even 10 minutes. But that intention and that interest can shift patterns over over longer periods of time. And just the seeing is incredibly important and incredibly helpful. You know, so right now, you know, maybe I'm tired or I'm hungry or... I'm not sure if I put my tent upright or, you know, whatever is going on. And there's some contraction there, some contraction. You know, or I wish, you know, I was some, you know, somewhere alone or whatever it is. There's some degree of contraction. So can I see that? And sometimes I'll see it escalating, which is a natural human tendency. And sometimes I can see it, be interested in it. Explore it. And the escalation will happen less or not at all. So staying in the experience or watching the experience from, you know, I want that to I need that. That's an escalation. You know, that's nice. I like it. I want it. I need it. Watching that. So it's really important in this practice to remember that we're not trying to get rid of our feeling life. Yeah, it's not about becoming some kind of um, numb, detached, non-preferential thing. Yeah, we're staying human. We're staying human. And our feelings, our responses are part of our humanity. We're not trying to get rid of them. We're not, it's not about trying, we're not trying to shut down. But we're trying to understand. Trying to understand. Yeah, we're here on the Yatra to understand, to understand ourselves, to understand life, to understand what it is to be a human being. And so we're bringing that interest in. Can I, how can I look at this with space, enough space to understand and to learn and to grow? from it. So I'm just going to say something which is going to put it a little bit in the context of some of the Buddhist teachings and if you feel like that's going to be too much just ignore this bit and I'll tell you when you can start listening again. (laughs) 
I think we'll come back again. Just to say, if it feels too much right now, then you can just... It's, it's going to be very short, hopefully. But I find this really helpful. So, the Buddha, in his teachings, was really interested in this inner flow, in, our inner, in, in the flow of our inner life, and actually how that creates suffering for ourselves and others. And he described what I've just been kind of describing in different ways. He described it very simply. And also very, very, with a lot of depth. It's very profound. He was speaking about this kind of chain reaction of events that happens within us, which is not linear. This is really important. It's described as a chain of events, but it's not linear. It doesn't mean that A, then B, then C, then D, then E, and it always happens in that way. They're all interrelated. But he spoke about it as a movement yeah, a movement from feeling. So feeling, ah, I like this. I don't like this. Feeling. Two, craving. I want this. I don't want this. Two, clinging. I need this. I couldn't survive if this happened. You know, like the, the extremes to what he called becoming, which becoming is the creation of the self, becoming an identity. So um, I'll try and give an example, and then then that I'll put this, this bit aside. So right now, in this moment, there's many, many sounds in our environment, yeah? Lots of sounds, lots of different sounds. And if we pay attention, we will notice that either to specific sounds or to the entirety of sounds, there will be a feeling associated with that in us. Be a feeling of, uh, this is, oh, this is pleasant. This is unpleasant. Or this is neither. But we'll stick with the pleasant and unpleasant because they're easier. Yeah. So with the pleasant, there might be a, oh, it's pleasant, I like it. Yeah, and often what we'll notice when we're aware, it's just with the I like it. We haven't even been aware of the pleasant beforehand. I like it. From the I like it, I hope there's more. (laughs) Yeah, I want more. Or I want it to stop if we don't like it. It's the other way around. And then with the sound, it's a little bit difficult, but some degree of identification from there. You know, maybe, maybe I'll give a different example. Maybe you're really kind of tired right now and bored with the talk. So there may be the, the sense of like, oh, I wish you, you know, I wish this would end. And with that sense of I wish, it's a better example. I'm not, I'm not kind of saying any of you are in that, you know place right now but it's it's an easier example so with that oh you know I'm really tired now or I'm really cold and I you know just want to go and and rest or be alone or put another layer on there'll be this I really you know I really need this to end Uh, she's already been talking for 25 minutes she said it was going to be short you know and the, the this is the becoming it's the whole identity that gets built up around an event 
of sitting here and listening to something that we might like or we might not like, we might connect to or we might not connect to right now. So there's this whole chain reaction. Can you see the, the, the unhappiness in there? Can we see the unhappiness in there? So again, it's not bad that this happens. And it's not that something is wrong with me because this happens. This is the way human beings operate. Yeah, it's the way we work. But if we can see it, yeah, and we can just say, ah, you know, a leaf just fell into the water. (laughs) Yeah, that's what's happened. Just a leaf or a stick or a frog just jumped in. Plop. You know, that's what's happening. And as we cultivate that, that can be a real resource for us over time. Yeah, a real resource for us. Because then also when bigger things happen, or more difficult things, we have that capacity to see what is going on and to stay, yeah, to stay with the feeling or with any part of that chain without the escalation without the identification, without the heartbreak, or with less heartbreak through it. So really kind of learning to sense the waters, if we're continuing with this image, sense the waters. And we have a lot of different um, ways of doing this, you know. We can feel, as we develop body awareness, yeah, we can feel it in the body. You know, maybe as we were walking up today, we would suddenly, you know, maybe we suddenly noticed, oh, I'm suddenly walking almost on top of the person in front of me. That means I was lost in something. Yeah. Not mindful. So we develop the capacity to feel or a certain tone of voice that I have. So developing the sensitivity. And it's really important to bring the compassion into this process. You know, 70% compassion, at least, is what we aspire to. Really important to bring in the compassion. Because it's that compassion that gives us the space. That gives us the space, that allows us to see what is happening within us. Without too much judgment. Without being too hard on ourselves. Allowing, giving space to our likes and our dislikes, to our um, great moments and our really kind of shameful ones, perhaps. You know, that's the compassion that really holds the space. Really, really holds the space. Allowing ourselves to, to be for the different aspects of ourselves, the different streams of our being and our personality. To give them a place. Not to, not to, again, to identify, this is who I am, therefore I'm bad or I'm good, or I'm going to be liked or I'm going to be disliked. So I'd just like to um, end this uh, little um, jumble of thoughts with um, an image, another image of water that comes from... Um, Ajahn Chah, who was a, a master in the, in the Thai forest tradition. 
And he, um, he used to speak about the mind. He used to say the mind is... Oh, by the way, I forgot to say to listen again. Oops. So just come back now if you're, <laughs> if you're gone. So, you see, I'm unreliable. So, he used to speak about the mind as having the quality of still flowing water. The mind having the quality of still flowing water. Does it sound like a contradiction? <laughs> yeah. Mentally it does. What does it sound like here? Still flowing water. And so he was referring to the fact that the mind, like water, flows. Yeah, there's perceptions, there's thoughts, there's memories, there's images, there's re responses, there's reactions. There's a flow within the mind, moods, mind states. All of these flow through the mind. So it has the same quality of flowing water of changeability. And at the same time, the mind has the capacity to know experience. Yeah? The mind has the capacity to know experience. Right now, I know that there is this mind state present. Right now, I know that these thoughts are flowing through. Right now, I know that there is restlessness. Right now, I know that there is sadness, whatever it is. And that quality of knowing is like still water. That quality, that capacity of the mind to know is like water that is perfectly still. It's not caught up. It is not caught up in the flow. It is still. And so these qualities of flow and stillness coexist in the mind. They coexist in the mind. The mind is both. It has both. And it really, can be really helpful to remember that when we feel swept away by the turbulence in the mind, the turbulence of the water. We can remember that when we know that aspect of the mind that knows, that aspect of the being that knows what is present, that is not caught up, and that has stillness in it. So this is part of what we can cultivate, it's part of what we can cultivate, that capacity to hold both. A capacity to know the turbulence without being the turbulence, without being swept away in it. So, that's it for today. I said it was going to be short. And I think I kind of managed it. So, let's just have a a quiet moment together to close. <laughs> 